You know, I, I was thinking about as we've been going through this series, Kingdom Living, partnering with Holy Spirit. I want you to ask yourself, do you, do you feel that this series is relevant to you? Because for a believer, this is the most relevant thing besides salvation that you could possibly hear. For a lot of us, we go through life and we make the wrong choices. We, we, we struggle with, with things that we need not to be struggling with. We feel that life is heavy and burdensome, as Pastor Tom was talking about today. That we live life with a weight on us. We, we're just as anxious, we're just as fearful as every, everyone else. We don't have joy. We don't have hope. We don't, we don't believe that the best is yet to come. At least we don't act like it. And it really comes down to understanding how you live in the world but are not of the world. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. The same Spirit that rose, raised Jesus Christ from the dead now lives in you. The way that we live differently, the way that we live carefree, the way that we have a hope and joy is through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. We, we are citizens of a, a completely different kingdom. And we have to learn to live in partnership with Holy Spirit. And that, that is the most relevant thing that there is. is to live in partnership with Holy Spirit. Last, last week, Pastor Tom went, went through the nine gifts of Holy Spirit. He, he gave definition to them. And one of the reasons why this is so important, because in, in our church body, we, we have a mixed, mixed body. Um, some of you have been through Pentecostal, Holy Ghost moves, churches, and other, pe other people have, have been, maybe you come from a Catholic background or a more um, traditional background, streamlined, denominational background, and you have never seen the gifts of the Holy Spirit, let alone ever operated in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Or at least you never operated in the gifts of the Holy Spirit knowingly, right? And what, what last week, what Pastor Tom gave us, he gave us definitions and understanding so that you can see God when God's moving in your life. Oh, that's what that is. That that's just that's not just me. That 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 thought to say this this thing to this person, or ask this person if they need prayer, or the or the ability to to believe that 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 was that's not just something I did from my own mind. But that's Holy Spirit in conjunction with my spirit manifesting the kingdom through, through me. And I, I, I suggest that you go back and you look at those and you listen to those that teaching again and, and so you understand those definitions so when Holy Spirit is speaking to you to do a certain thing, you're gonna, you, you, even if it seems weird, you, you don't have to say, well, you don't have to say, well, that's weird. I'm not going to do that. You can say, oh, 
this is biblical. This is what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in my life. I, I have understanding. Because I, I have a teaching I don't, lean, gift. I, I'm more of a teacher. Right? And, I, and as we, as we um, grow as a church and a church body, you know, I hope that we have other, other guest speakers come in and uh, you know, um, so, so you can see the gifts manifest in different ways. The gift of prophecy. Those that have the gift of prophecy come in and, 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 and prophesy and, and show how the gift flows and operates and how you too can flow in the gift of prophecy. Because Paul says that we all can prophesy. Right? And this is about being supernatural. Supernatural. And, and it's, it's not always, it's not about being flaky. It's about naturally being naturally supernatural. It's, a, it, it's just a natural thing for the believer. It's just like breathing. We need to get to a place where, where our interactions with Holy Spirit, our partnering with Holy Spirit, our, our, hear, our hearing from Holy Spirit is just as natural as, the, as breathing in and out. The world is looking for the supernatural. The world is looking for something greater than themselves. The, the world is de- desperate for these things. And if the church does not give them true, godly, supernatural experiences, they will find counterfeits. They will find counterfeits. God uses the body of Christ to bless people. You know that? Are you part of the body of Christ? Guess what? You have been commissioned to be a blessing to the world. That's one thing that most of us don't see ourselves. We don't see ourselves as a blessing. We're constantly looking for someone else to bless us. You are a blessing. You are a blessing because the blessed one lives in you. You have all things. You have the mind of Christ. Right? Holy Spirit has perfected you. He has sealed you. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have been made holy. Well, Chad, I don't feel very holy. I don't care what you feel like. The world is the one that's driven by their feelings. We're moved by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. You are who God says you are. Amen? And everything He has to say about you is awesome. You are awesome people. He loves you. He's got your picture in his wallet. But I'm his favorite. So, no. But people are hungry. I mean, just, just this week, me and, me and my wife watch a, a fixer-up show called Windy City Rehab. All right? It's kind of our style and stuff like that. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Windy City Rehab. But anyways, we were watching it. And she started talking about She had like a lot of things going bad in her life. And then she was kind of talking about not having direction and stuff. And all of a sudden, it comes up. She's on a Zoom FaceTime conversation with an astrologer. And this astrologer is saying all these things, things about her acting supernatural. And she's taking these things in. 
People are hungry for the supernatural. It's amazing that secular TV has no problem having an astrologer sitting there telling, telling you this is what the stars are saying, but they'd never have a prophet on there saying this is what God is saying. People are hungry for the supernatural, and they need, they need to experience the true supernatural that, that, is, that, that is not leading them to destruction, but leading them to their Heavenly Father. Amen? This hunger must be met. This hunger that the world has must be met by children of the King who know the Word of God and who have a relationship with Holy Spirit. Some, some individuals are so hungry for the supernatural that they'll accept counterfeits. You know, it just amazes me. Even Christians get into this. It's almost even like superstition some Christians get into. You know, what's my lucky number today? Or, or what's the fortune cookie saying? It says this, these cookies don't taste good. That's what, they, they, that's, that's what the, they're saying. But people get into, uh, into these things. I mean, the, there used to be, before the internet, there used to be these 1-900 numbers where you call Miss Cleo and she gives you your fortune. How did those things exist if people weren't hungry for them? If people weren't hungry for the supernatural? Right? And, and we, as the body of Christ, we are the true representation of the supernatural of God. Everything else is a counterfeit. Right? Amen. So today we're gonna what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna teach. Surprise, surprise. We're gonna we're gonna teach you how to know what is a true prophecy and word from God. How, how many how many here has ever had someone give them a word? Speak speak over yep. A lot of times when people do that, it's they're very charismatic. They can be very convincing, right? But and it can even make you feel good. But just because it makes you feel good doesn't mean it's from God. Right? We have to be able to discern for ourselves is this a word from for from God for me? You, you, you understand that? We are, in the, we are a kingdom. We are a kingdom of kings and priests. Our relationship with God is direct. Right? Your relationship with God Almighty is direct. You don't have to go through a priest. You don't have to go through an intercessor. We only have one intercessor. And that's Jesus Christ Himself. Right? You have direct access to God all the time through the Spirit. Through your Holy Spirit, right? So many people say, well, when I pray, it just doesn't seem like it's getting past the ceiling. Well, it doesn't have to get past the ceiling. It doesn't have to get past your nose. He lives in you. You have direct access to the throne of God. That's why I think it's so funny when they say, we're going to get together and we're going to pray and we're going to bombard the gates of heaven. Why? God's not even at the gates. He's all the way in the throne room. And the Bible says that you're seated with Him in heavenly places. Right? 
You are one with Him. You are a child of God. It says the Spirit of God was given to us and the Spirit of God bears witness to us that we are children of God. Holy Spirit is bearing witness that you are a child of God. That He is your Abba, the Bible says. Your Daddy. Wow. So because we have direct access with God, we don't have to go through an individual to hear the voice of God. But unfortunately, this is how many Christians choose to live. They do not want to take responsibility for their own life. They don't want to take responsibility for their own relationship with God. They would rather have a pastor. They would rather have a prophet. They would rather have a priest. They would rather have someone else say, this is what you must do. And that is not why Jesus came. He did not come so that you could be distant from God. He came. God drew near so you, you would have access to draw near. Do you understand that? You are responsible for your spirituality. All ministers of the, of the gospel, the fivefold ministry, pastors, teachers, evangelists, all, all those are just help to, are there to, to teach you how to grow closer in your relationship with God. How you can be ministers of the gospel. How you can grow up to the full stature in Christ Jesus. You understand that? Christians become dependent on ministers. There's only one you're supposed to be dependent on. And that's God. God the Father, God the Son, and God Holy Spirit. Right? And that's why we're teaching the things that we're doing. That's why we're going through this. It's so that you, that you can have your own relationship with God. And that you can see Holy Spirit move through you. And so that you can experience the manifestation of the kingdom so that we, together as a body, can change the world. That was a good amen place there. But In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13, it says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers transforming themselves as apostles of Christ, and no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if ministers also transform themselves into ministers of, right, uh, of righteousness who in will be according to their works. See, Paul's saying that not all things that are supernatural are from God. And, and one of the things that's really disheartening, we as Christians... We like to poke, poke fun at the TV evangelists, you know, those that say, you know, if you send a thousand dollars in, you'll get your healing, or your, your spouse will get saved, and all, all, all those things. Listen, that's not biblical. I have no problem calling out unbiblical, biblical things. But the issue is, is that even though they're not biblical, even though that they're being a false apostle, they're being deceitful workers, they're transforming themselves as acting like apostles of Christ when they're not, right? Either, either ignorantly or willingly. What's worse is the Christians that believe it. 
So whose fault that Christians are sending a thousand dollars then? Well, it's whoever whoever's teaching them. We we need to be able to discern what is of God and what is what is not. See, there's the Bible says that there's always these people in the world. There's always false prophets. There's always crooks. <laughs> there is. There's always crooks. But the worst thing is, is not the crook. It's those that believe it. Those Christians that believe it. When you have Holy Spirit living in you. When you have the Word of God available to you. And you fall for a wolf in sheep's clothing. It's our responsibility, church. It's our responsibility to partner with Holy Spirit, know the Word, and judge the things of God. As a believer, we must take time to know the Word and understand the Word of God, or we will be subject to deception, counterfeit ministries, and counterfeit, um, counter, counterfeit demonstrations of, of things that are, they say that's done in the name of God. This is why at Karis NTC, we desire for genuine, prophetic, and supernatural moves of Holy Spirit. We desire that. And, and it, it would be wrong for, for me, as a pastor, not to show you both sides of it. There, there, if, the, if, there's a, there's a, if there's a real thing, there's, a, there's always a counterfeit. And if there's a counterfeit, well, there has to be a real thing. Do you understand, you understand that? You can't have counterfeit money if there isn't a real money. Right? Because it would have nothing to counterfeit. You can't have counterfeit supernatural experiences if there wasn't a real, real supernatural experience that God wants you to have. And we need to desire the real supernatural experiences that God wants us to have. Because this is a precious gift and it has the ability both to bless people, but when it's used wrongly by pe people, it can hurt people. There's lots of people, I've heard lots of people that's been hurt by the church. And that's a, that's a shame. It's vital that we train people on how to properly judge prophecy and prophetic words. And on top of this, this not only helps you to judge um, prophecy and prophetic words given to you, but it also will give you tools to say, is this what the Lord is having me say? Is this biblical and line, lines up with, with Scripture and is correct? Right? Because each of you have the ability to speak forth divine utterances from God. Right? And, I, and I've said this before, if, if, if God used a donkey, don't disqualify yourself. Right? He even uses me. So, so let's look at the following Scriptures. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Verse 20, it says, do not despise prophecies. Do not despise them. Do not, do not um, take them for granted. Do not um, think that, well, you could be sitting here this morning thinking that this isn't relevant to me. That's you despising prophecies. I don't need this stuff. And it says, do not despise prophecies. Test all things and then hold fast to what is good. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29, he says, Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others judge. See, the Word of God bears 
out that we, are, we have a responsibility to examine and judge prophecy and prophetic words. It's our responsibility. It's your responsibility. So how can we judge these words? How can we know what, are we, what we are supposed to hold on to, what we're supposed to believe, and what, what, are, what we're supposed to reject? I'm glad you asked. Right? Inquiring minds want to know. Here, here, here's just some basic principles. This is going to be very basic. But for some reason, when it comes to the supernatural, all sense goes out the win- window. Does it line up with the Word? Does the utterance, the Word that someone's given to me, they're giving me direction, they're giving me divine utterance from God, speaking into my life. Do you understand that's what prophecy is? Prophecy is the grace of God coming in word form to do something mightily in your life. But that grace can't do anything if it's not met by faith. Your faith will activate that grace in your life. We are saved by grace through faith. Right? The grace of God has appeared to all men and women. The whole world. The grace has come. But you only experience the grace of salvation when you what? Embrace it by faith. Right? So, so does it line up with the Word of God? You, when, when, that, when that prophecy comes and, and it's filled with God's grace, and a, you need to be able to say, is this, for, this, is, for, this is godly. This, is, this lines up with Scripture. Does it, and if it does, then you embrace it by faith. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, it says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. We speak. It is, it is, if it's written and we believe, we speak forth what has been written. The Holy Spirit is not going to give you a word that violates the written word of God. You understand that? Holy Spirit will not give you a word that violates the Bible. And let me clarify that even more. The Holy Spirit will not give you a word that, mis- that, that does not line up with the Bible revealed in Jesus Christ. See, this is where a lot of people get shipwrecked in their faith. Is not, you can make the Bible say whatever you want it to say. Right? I jokingly have said before, you can turn to a scripture and it says, Judas went and hung himself. And then turn to another scripture and it says, go and do likewise. I mean, you can make the Bible say whatever you want. Right? You can, you can make the Bible sound like God is a judging, lightning bolt throwing, plague causing, sickness and disease causing God that, that, that demands, demands worship or, or you're going to get punishment. But is that the God that's revealed in Jesus Christ? It's not. You know, on the Mount of Transfiguration, 
it says that Jesus shone with light and he had Moses and Elijah there. And, and Peter says, let's build three tabernacles. Let's build three dwelling places. It's good for us to be here. And it says immediately, Moses and Elijah was taken and Jesus was standing there alone. And a voice came from heaven that says, This is my Son. Hear ye Him. Jesus is the express image of God. If your God does not look like Jesus Christ, you are worshiping a false God, even if you say it's the God of the Bible. Jesus is God. Jesus came us to, to show us God. We worship Jesus Christ in this place. You'd be shocked at how many people, <laughs> Christians, do not look at Scripture through the lens of Jesus Christ. The lens of Jesus Christ. You know, there's been countless books about the mysteries of Scripture and, and unraveling the mysteries of Scriptures. There's only one mystery. There is only one mystery in Scripture. And that's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the story from the beginning to the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. If you are in the Word of God and it does not lead you smack dab into Jesus Christ, you are on the wrong trail. For a lot of Christians, Jesus isn't enough. Well, you don't know my Jesus. You don't know the depths of Jesus Christ. You don't know the depths, the widths, the heights of His love for you. You, you, you don't know about being the righteousness of, of Christ. You don't, know, you, you don't know what it means to have Christ in you, the hope of glory. You, you, you don't know what it means to be tra translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His Son. You, you don't know the depths of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus is more than enough. You will spend all of your eternity having the revelation of who you've always been in Him. Many people have a hard time hearing the voice of God accurately. Accurately. Hearing the voice of accurately for their own life, and one of the reasons is because they, they don't know the Word of God for themselves. Right? We use technology here. You want to read the Bible on your phone? Go for it. You want to read the Bible on your tablet? Go for it. We throw the Scriptures on the screen because we'd be here for four hours if we had to turn to every single one of them. But you need, you need to take responsibility to know Jesus and know who you are in Jesus by opening your own Bible. When you know the Word of God, then you can clearly hear the voice of God. And because we don't, we don't know the Word of God, and we can't clearly hear, accurately hear God for ourselves, we, a lot of Christians place value, more value on prophecy, on dreams, on visions, and other supernatural ways that God does speak to His people above the written Word, the written word filtered through Jesus. I gotta keep saying that. Because 
people don't understand that. They don't understand that the whole, this whole thing leads, it's a red line leading to one thing, and that's Jesus Christ and who, who humanity is in Him. So, and, and, when, and when you depend on other people, and when you, when you, when you depend on, on, on experiences over revelation of the Word and, and Holy Spirit revealing truth to you, even though that, that's, those are ways that God speaks to you, but when, when you disregard the Word of God, it, it almost always leads to disaster and disappointment in your life. Always. In order to hear the Lord in, a, in, in the prophetic, in a prophetic word clearly and accurately, you must value the written word above all other supernatural means that God can speak to us. The word of God, it, you, you'd be surprised how many people use their religious experiences over the word of God. You can show them clearly that this is what the Word of God says, we, how we are to do this. And they'll disregard the Word of God over their, their experience. That's, that's, that's dangerous ground. That's dangerous ground. And, and actually, it's no different than those that are in the world that are constantly saying, I'm this, I'm that, I feel this. They're moved by their feelings, they're moved by their experiences, rather than truth. And there's only one truth, and that is Jesus Christ. No prophetic word can ever have higher authority in your heart and mind than, than God's written word. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 17, it says, For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came from heaven from an excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I well pleased. This is what we just talked about. Peter is writing, Peter's writing and sharing this experience of the Mount of Transfiguration. Right? And we heard His voice which came from heaven when we were with Him on the holy mountain. Peter is using his experience with Jesus to prove that he is someone you should be listening to. That he is an authentic, that his message is authentic. And he established his credibility and authority to speak on God's behalf because of what he has experienced. Right? Not many people had the privilege of spending three and a half years with Jesus in the flesh, right? So that, just spending three and a half years in the flesh with Jesus should, hey, maybe we should listen to this guy, right? And, 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 but, so he's, he's, he's sharing this with them. He, he's, seen, he's seen the glory. He's, seen God, God's, he's heard God's audible voice. Yet in, the, in, in, in this verse, Peter cites an authority which surpasses all other experiences. And this is amazing. What could be better than what he had experienced? He reveals it in the next verse. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed. Now when he's talking about the, the, the prophetic word confirmed, he's talking about the, the Scriptures. He, he says the prophetic word confirmed which you do well to heed as light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of men, but by holy men of God 
spoken as they were moved by Holy Spirit. The prophetic word confirmed that Peter was referring to, in the previous verses of Scripture, Peter was saying that they have the, we have the written word of God, and the written word of God is better than seeing the visible glory cloud of God, hearing the, the, the audible voice of God, and, 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 and the experiences that he experienced. We have the word of God. All those experiences, all they did was confirm Scripture. They confirm Scripture. Do you understand, you understand what I'm saying? Right? The first thing you need to, to, to do when someone gives you a prophetic word is take time to check out that it, it lines up with Scripture. Scripture that is filtered through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Right? Know this. You have no obligation. It doesn't matter who the person is. It doesn't matter what authority, what their title is. You have no obligation whatsoever to act on a prophetic word that someone gives you until you know it lines up with Scripture. Again, this is about taking responsibility for yourself. So the next thing is, is prophecy something your spirit is bearing witness to? Does your spirit bear witness to what what the word that is being given? Does it confirm that what God has already been dealing with within you? Again, we're talking about how you have the, the Spirit of God within you. You have the Spirit of God within you. And when someone gives you a word, it should bear witness to what God is already speaking to you. Right? Does it, does it confirm what God has been dealing with you about? Right? Romans 8.16 states, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. If the Spirit, spirit witnesses to us that we are children of God, it's likely that He's going to direct us and lead us on what to do as children of God. Right? Does that make sense? God is leading you and directing you as His children. Right? So when you receive a, a, a prophetic word, you need to judge it by checking out how it witnesses to your spirit. How does it witness to your spirit? The next thing is you need to, to judge a prophetic word properly is what does God, godly counsel say about it? Now again, you, you have a, you have, you're independent. You, you are free to, to commune with God, to hear from God. But if you have questions within you about a word that was given to you, you can go to mature Christians. You can go to a mentor. You can go to a pastor. And you can find out what, what they think about the word that was given to you. As we read earlier in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29, it says, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. True prophecy will not lead you to compromise. True prophecy, when given to you, will not lead you to compromise or won't lead you to sin. With some prophetic words, there is no way to judge whether it's of God or not. What do I mean by that? Because they're subjective. right? You might, you might get a word from God that is about you know, you're going to be changing a job or there's a, re a relationship that is going to change or a ministry that's going to happen or... You know, it, it, it's something that is, pertains to your own personal life. So how do, how do you judge if that is from God or not? It needs to bear witness 
with what Holy Spirit's already doing in your heart. What Holy Spirit is already speaking to you. Right? You don't, you don't get up and, and quit your job and say, God's got a new job for me if, if, if Holy Spirit's not already leading you in, in, that direct, in that direction. Right? Another thing it needs to do is when a prophetic word is given to you, it needs to cause you to draw closer to God. It needs to tr- draw closer to the Lord and His purpose for our lives. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3, it says, But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. The word ex- exhortation means to draw near to God. To draw near to God. So when someone prophesies to you, or gives you a word of prophecy, it should cause you to draw near to God. Right? A prophetic word should, should leave you with hope and comfort, not confusion and discouragement. A true prophetic word will lead you toward God and it will build you up. It will build you up spiritually. Right? Another thing when you get a prophetic word is you need to seek God for the right timing. Right timing is vital when it comes to the prophetic words. We can step out too quickly in, in things and it fail and then we say, but God told me to do this. You need to know the timing. Some words, some words that are given are now words and we love now words. I mean, it, it just seems like it happens immediately. But other times, it's not now words. And we have to walk out that prophetic word and understand when it's going to come to pass. Right? Look at 1 Peter. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, it says, Of this salvation the prophets have inquired and searched carefully, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, whom was in them, was, was indicating when He testified beforehand of the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. He's saying here that when the prophecies came in Scripture, they not only they they were also seeking out when these things would come to pass, not just that they would come to pass. What is the timing of Christ coming into the world? What it, what does it mean that that the suffering of of that Christ would go through? And to understand the t- timing of this. Ecclesiastes tells us this, Ecclesiastes 8.6, because for every matter there is a time in the judgment. Time and a season. There's times and seasons of when when these things come to pass. We must not overlook the practical things. Right? There's preparation sometimes. Sometimes you get a prophetic prophetic word and it's just to prepare you for what's to come. It's to, to make you aware that you need to get ready for what God wants to do in your life and start walking it out by faith. The grace is there, but you have to walk it out by faith as we already said. See, the purpose is the what. And the time is the when. You need to know the what and the when. You must judge the strategy or how the prophetic word is going to come to pass in your life. You know, and we kind of we've already talked about this a little bit, but when the prophetic word comes, it usually takes faith. Faith has to be applied to it. True prophetic words 
require action on your side. Divine prophecies are an invitation into the kingdom life. But they're not automatic. They come by grace and we must walk them out by faith. You know, when Elijah was told by God there was, a, there was going to be a drought and a famine that, that came to the nation. And he says, go, go to the brook Cherith, for there I have commanded the ravens to feed you. Right? So here he has a promise, a word from God. Direction on what he must do. What would happen if he said, well, God's going to feed me. I'm not going to worry about this famine. And stayed right where he was. Or, he, or I don't want to go to Brook Cherith. That's a little brook. I'm going to go to the Jordan. Well, the ravens would have showed up, but Elijah wouldn't have been there. Right? It takes faith. It takes action on our part. We need to, to seek out the truth in, of, in the matter on how this is going to come to pass. How do we partner with Holy Spirit for the kingdom of God to manifest in our life? You know, when we, we started Karis New Testament, we started the church. You know, I got a word from God that said, He says, why not here? Why not now? Right? And I heard from God. And I went and talked to Amanda about it. And she goes, well, what do you think? And I said, well, let's do 52, 52 weeks. And, we, and, I, and I had this great plan of putting a team together, doing all these things. And thank God that even though I had a plan, I followed God. Because we, had our, we, we owned a building before we had any, any congregation. And we had our first service within two months of God saying, why not here, why not now? I would have missed God if I would have stuck to what I thought, my human logic of how it, how it should go down, how it should be. You have to seek God for yourself. You have to, to follow God's plan. And sometimes it goes against your own logic. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 9, it says, For we know in part and we prophesy in part. Prophecies focus on the destination, the goal, rather than the journey or the process. Right? It gets, it, it gets you excited because it's telling you what God's intended end is going to be. But there's a road to get to that end that we have to walk by faith. It's your responsibility to partner with Holy Spirit on this journey to reach God's intended end. End. And then we need to learn to hold fast. If a prophetic word has proven to be true, and you know that it's from God, you need to hold on to that. You need to hold on to that prophetic word. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20, it says, Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, it says, This Charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophet, prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage a good warfare. You should keep track of the prophecies that you receive. You should keep track of them. If, 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 if they resonate in your 
bear witness in your spirit. They line up with Scripture. You need to keep track of those prophecies and hold fast to them. Hold fast to them. Even write them down so you can meditate on them. Again, these prophecies are God's desired end for your, for your life. Where God is wanting to take you. And you, we need to meditate on that goodness, on that calling that God has on our life. It, it is to, re, to reveal our kingdom purpose. The purpose that we have in this earth and in the kingdom of God, our destiny. We meditate on it until you see yourself in it. You see yourself in that Word that God has given you more than you see yourself in the current condition that you find yourself in. You need to hold fast to those prophecies and hold fast to what God has spoken over you so that you see yourself in them more than you see yourself in your current condition. Don't allow the enemy to steal your kingdom destiny and purpose. That's what Paul was telling Timothy when he said, wage a good war. Wage a good war. And a good war is one that you win. Right? It's only a good war. It's only good warfare if you win. Right? And the good news is that Jesus Christ has already won the battle. He has already won the war. And in Him, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Right? And so we can experience victory. We can experience success as we embrace and speak out and walk out these divine prophetic promises that have been given to us straight from the throne of God, filled with His grace, filled with His favor, filled with His ability to carry them out and walk them out. We need to embrace them by faith. This is just a simple message. It's a simple message of common sense. So when the miraculous happens in your life, we won't be led astray, but we will, we will hear what is good. We will hold fast to what is good. We will walk them out. We will speak them over our life. And at the same time, as you prophesy to others, you will be able to discern whether, is this just me? Or is this God? Is it biblical? Is it for edification? Is it building them building up? What's the fruit that bears from that prophecy? See, one of, the, one, of the, one of the biggest things, this is kind of a side note, is that we as humans will get a prophecy, a word from God to speak to somebody. Right? And we speak it, and our carnal mind says, that's not enough. Our carnal mind says, well, that was shorter than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> or, or our carnal mind rationalizes, well, what, this is what this means for that individual. And we, we speak more than what God has, had given us. We have to be in a place to be able to judge. Because you might receive a word from God that half of it was right, and the other half was this guy, this person trying to justify or clarify why they did what they did or said what they said. You understand that? So we have to, we have to just be able to discern and judge prophecy and prophetic words correctly. And it's not that difficult. It's not dif that difficult at all. Amen? Amen. I hope you got something out of this today. Um, praise the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank You. We thank You for Your grace. We thank You for 
divine utterance from the throne of heaven. We thank you that we all can prophesy. We all can hear from God and we all can be a blessing to humanity by speaking forth divine utterances from God. Heavenly Father, may we not be fearful. May we walk in love and not in a spirit of fear when it comes to being used by God through these gifts. May we desire to walk in these gifts more and more abundantly. May we speak them out in love and truth. And may we discern rightly what is from Your lips so that we would not be led astray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your great grace. We thank You for Your love. And it's Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.com.